Hello and a warm welcome to Be A Bigger Fish. I'm Debbie and I'm the host of your podcast. I hope you're well and looking forward to this episode. It's a real bundle of joy. I'm really happy to say that I met Mark Bateman online. Um, Mark works for the East Riding of Yorkshire Council and he's the executive producer of a very successful in-house podcast. I was very keen to get Mark on the show and I was absolutely delighted that I'm able to speak with not only Mark, but also Helena and Steve, who are the co-presenters of the podcast. And this is a really lively and highly informative conversation with those three creative people. And you can tell that there's an amazing sense of teamwork between them that really powers this podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed recording it. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome three guests to the podcast today. I'm being joined by Mark, Helena and Steve. So welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, my pleasure. So before we jump in, let's give you a chance to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do. So Mark, let's start with you. So yeah, I'm the Principal Communications Officer at East Riding of Yorkshire Council. So I'm in charge of the uh, PR team here responsible for all internal communications and all proactive and reactive public relations. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, Helena, how about you? So I'm an art historian, so in the council I work as a curator at Beverly Art Gallery, which is a really wonderful job, I'm absolutely loving it. And I'm also a PhD student at the University of York, so I'm constantly kind of looking for um, innovative ways of, of looking at, at art and uh, how to bring art to, to the people, how to communicate about art. I'm also Czech by origin, so I was all the more kind of excited to be part of this uh, this podcast, and I've always had a real passion for radio and broadcasting, so um, I feel really really happy about this <laughs> oh that's amazing what an inspiring job steve how about you uh, well i'm uh, steve i'm a press officer for east riding of yorkshire council uh, working in mark's team in terms of the press and the media my particular area is culture and customer services as we call it here uh, which for me personally means i absolutely landed on my feet with this job because it's just my dream job really at this stage of my life and career uh, and as uh, with all the press officers here we all uh, help out a bit with internal communications and in recent times, podcasting. Yes, amazing. I'm glad you said that because that's the one thing that we all have in common, I think, today is we're all interested in podcasting. And we've got this episode together so we can talk about your amazing in-house podcast. So let's get into that. Mark, what made you decide to go ahead and launch an in-house podcast? We've been sort of looking at the idea of a, a podcast uh, for our staff for, for longer than I care to admit, to be honest. It was one of those ideas that I had and, and, and I discussed with Steve and, and Steve was obviously really excited and enthusiastic about it but it was one of those that just for a long time it always seemed to be just an idea it was not something we ever put a lot of serious time and effort in and finally we just decided that you know the opportunity had arisen whereby we could look at it in uh, a more serious way and, and actually get it off the ground. And I'm sure Steve will, will tell you a bit more about that uh, later in, in, in this episode. It's been a, a, an idea that's been long in, the, long in the making and we finally managed to get it off the ground. Uh, there was a couple of reasons for that. One was 
at the council, we had a little bit of a restructure in the corporate communication service. So basically, our digital services, so the web team and the people responsible for the internet, uh, came in under uh, corporate comms. We had all, obviously, marketing, the PR team, social media, and our uh, print design service all move into one service area. So it allowed us to be really joined up in how we uh, worked. And it's been a real, you know, team effort across corporate communications to get this off the ground. You know, our branding was done by print design, uh, marketing assist with competitions. Obviously, we've got Steve and, and, and Helena, who are our excellent presenting duo. We were really lucky that a lot of things sort of all came together at once. And finally, thanks to you know, a bit of pressure from Steve, we finally could manage to get on with it. <laughs> That's that bit of pressure from Steve. How hard was it to actually you know, harness the power of that team and get it going? For all the time we've spent maybe talking about it and thinking about it, it, it came together quite quickly. Uh, Steve obviously did a lot of the sort of driving force around coordinating efforts and and, uh, and liaising with our broadcast partner, Beverly FM, to, who obviously uh, we, we, we rely on their technical expertise to bring the podcast together. Fortunately, we have access to their studio, which is near to County Hall in Beverly, which is obviously where the council's uh, headquarters are. You know, once we decided we were going to go for it, Steve obviously, you know, um, coordinated the content for the first episode you know we went away we got the branding pulled together we created a soundcloud account we liaised with beverly fm about use of their facilities and uh, yeah it all just came together nicely and now that the ball's rolling it seems to be going really really well at the moment yeah brilliant so steve probably a good moment to bring you into the conversation now because i believe you have got some experience as a broadcaster yes thank you well professionally i've sort of been in pr for many years since the early 80s um, but away from the paid job really ever since 1978 yes that's 42 years um i have been involved in hospital radio which i keep sort of reminding myself is really true 42 years i did my a levels was looking for a hobby went along to york hospital radio because i live in york and you know sadly or whichever way you want to look at it i've kind of been there ever since really uh, apart from the brief time when i wasn't actually living in york and during those 42 years i've always been a pretty regular broadcaster at one point i moved away from york lived in bedfordshire and actually did hospital radio in bedford as well for for a few years done PR for the radio station for a lot of those 42 years. I was the chairman at one point. Um, and my commitment these days uh, in normal times is on a Saturday morning, two or three times a month, we go in and do a live show, which is very much a sort of an interview show with guests and things like that. Um, and we've talked to all kinds of people including the legend that is Giles Brandreth on that show. We've done all kinds of things uh, in the last few years. Um, back in the 90s, um, when a commercial radio station in Harrogate was set up called Stray FM, um, I was part of the launch team for that and did Saturday mornings on there. And then rather remarkably ended up doing the Love Songs show on a Saturday night for a year, um, which was an interesting uh, career highlight. <laughs> um, but obviously, so it's been my hobby for many years. Um, and then suddenly when Mark sort of first started talking about podcasts, it was kind of hold me back then really because I want to get on with this this is just brilliant as Mark sort of alluded to really the interesting bit was well how are we going to make it happen because we haven't got a studio in the county hall 
And then I suddenly thought, well, hang on, Beverly FM, the community radio station in the town. Let's have a chat with them. Uh, they have been absolutely brilliant. We have access to their studios and they provide the technical expertise. We provide the content. So my role in getting it produced is the scripts, um, selecting the items that we do with Helena and Mark and the team, trying to think of a competition idea, that sort of thing. Um, and then just kind of setting the tone, I suppose, really. I treat it like a Saturday morning radio show. And I mean that in, in a good way. You know, it's got to be interesting and enjoyable. So it's kind of nice to be paid at last to do what I just love doing <laughs> as a hobby, really. Yeah, brilliant. How, how different is it making a podcast from making a live episode? It is very different, actually, because the live show, of course, we're not scripted. And that's the big difference, really. Apart from the questions I would prepare for an interview in a live radio show, this is obviously entirely scripted. Uh, and we do try to stick, stick to the script if we possibly can, which does sometimes require a few retakes. But generally speaking, it works OK. But it is a very different thing because also, of course, on hospital radio, I'm just me um, on the radio station. Here I am effectively representing the council, not in a, in a hopefully a too corporate way, just you know trying to sort of stick to a, a sensible line because we want it to sound good and we want it to sound professional and to be what people at the council would hopefully want to hear yeah absolutely and so helena um what was your role in bringing the podcast to life and, and what were your hopes for it when you got involved steve and i worked together quite a lot even before the podcast because he does all the pr for the for the gallery uh, so we've been in regular contact and we soon discovered that we had this shared passion for radio and broadcasting because uh, i do paper reviews for bbc radio york and because uh, steve lives in york so he heard me on the radio so he's invited me to uh, join him for the york hospital radio shows couple of times and we had a fantastic time and then when the idea came about about with the podcast uh, Steve mentioned it to me and I was immediately in love with the idea I just thought this would be brilliant and I think you know when it comes to co-presenting with somebody you have to have that kind of synergy or, or bouncing off each other which I think we just felt since you know since since the very first time we met with Steve so it was like a no-brainer that I wanted to be involved in this and obviously bringing my passion for broadcasting and also for sharing culture so I think in the beginning the idea was that I would be involved with the cultural side of things, which was really exciting to me because also in my curatorial role, this is the one thing that drives me to be able to communicate about art and about culture with the widest possible audience. And our council is, is wonderfully gigantic and a lot of people don't even know that there is an art gallery and there's a lot of things that I as a curator don't know that is happening in the council. So this idea that we could really connect to people in, in, in this way was really exciting to me. And I was really motivated and still am to um, present the camera as a, as a creative environment, because I think very often there is this uh, preconception or a fixed idea that, you know, working for the council can be a bit dull. And I don't think it is the case. I mean, I, I know that I've worked for the gallery, which is probably one of the most exciting places, obviously, <laughs> to work in the council. But... Uh, I have come across so many fantastic creative people and I really want the and wanted from the start that the podcast reflect that immense creativity that exists in the council and communicate about that, share this this, this joy and also to show people how much you can really develop uh, when you work for the council in ways that you haven't really expected that there, there could be. So for me, you know, starting off as an art gallery, gallery curator and then having the chance to be a presenter in a podcast, I mean, how fantastic is that? So I really want 
to communicate that to other people. That's brilliant. I tell you what, the sense of enthusiasm I get from all three of you is amazing. And no wonder the podcast sounds so upbeat and engaging because you know, clearly all three of you are, are totally engaged by doing it too. So that, that's brilliant. Thank you, Helena. I just wanted to ask a little bit about the link with Beverly FM. So I think before the lockdown, um, when we were able to go to locations, you actually went to the Beverly FM studios to record the podcast. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. Uh, yes, we did. And um, we, we did, I think, three in that format um, when Helena and I went across, effectively took over the studio with their excellent sort of big boss man, David. Then, of course, we obviously had to stop in March. So the most recent podcast we did that's out there at the moment, we actually both did from home uh, individually, uh, sent our contributions in from iPads and phones, and Beverly FM edited, edited it together for us. The next podcast, which has just been recorded this week. We've gone a, a different route again. Helena was able to go into the studios. Uh, I did my contributions from home, just really because we still feel at the moment, I think three of us in a studio is just a little bit too close, to be honest, just at the moment. But hopefully back in the future, that's obviously what we're aiming to do. So we'll end up back in the studios again. So it's been an interesting experience. And of course, the knock-on effect of that is we would normally have guests into the studio to interview. Well, again, we can't do that at the moment. So we're having to do either telephone interviews, which we were able to do this time because Helena was back in the studio or we simply sort of talk to people and say can you send in your contributions and then I'll write the scripts to, to lead up to them so we can do the links and so the guests are either submitting their um, contributions via audio or we can do telephone interviews but what we can't do is the live interviews at the moment though hopefully they will come back in the future. Yeah a great start to the podcast though to get access to that sort of professional equipment and, and what an amazing idea whoever came up with that idea fantastic <laughs> good good start for an in-house podcast if you can link with professionals who have all the equipment for sure so uh, Helena you mentioned that you and Steve co-present the podcast so I guess both of you what's it like having a co-presenter well I'll go first on that um, it, it's an interesting question that actually because uh, having done radio for so many years and always done it on my own and certainly back in the days of Stray FM the thoughts of two people presenting would be a complete no-no and, and it's great don't get me wrong it's great fun and uh, still enjoy doing it but in the last few years the Saturday morning show we've done on hospital radio I guess a few years ago in radio terms would have been called the zoo format radio because there are normally three presenters and I suddenly realized that that works incredibly well because you can then bounce off each other and you know there's a whole sort of stack of things you can do if there's two or three of you in the studio you can discuss this week's telly you can discuss what's going on in the city there's all sorts of things you can do with that and certainly, as soon as we started talking about the podcast, it never really occurred to me not to do it as a, as a double-headed, really. So then you think, well, you don't want it to be just two males. And I, I've got to say, I didn't want it to be two females either, because I think it's got to be both, really. So my first thought straight away was, let's do a male and a female double-head. Who could that be? And within about 10 seconds, um, suddenly thought of Helena, because obviously, from what Helena said, we'd come across each other before on the radio, and I'd heard her on the radio. So it, it all made sense. And I like to think it does work well, because I think, um, you know, even for a 20-minute podcast, which isn't long, with a whole load of contributions from other people, it still works better, I think, to have two voices holding it together. And especially with the current format, where we are a little bit limited with who we can invite in, the Revival podcast, the one that's just come out, there was more than usual of Helena and myself reminding people of the facilities that are open and things like that. If there'd just been one presenter, it would have been almost like a monologue at one point. But when there's two of you, you can split up the script, you can 
can bounce off each other. Uh, and I think it works really well. Yeah, definitely. If I can add to it, I mean, I was I was so overjoyed to to be invited to to do this with Steve. So so I think it's really the kind of synergy and the bouncing of each other, the joy that it brings. I think because we're both really loving doing it, you can hear it in the voices. And although although it's not a live show, so we script it and we we record it. I think you can still get that kind of spontaneous joy out of it. And then when we're especially when we actually have the chance to be physically in the studio together, it's just such a brilliant experience to be there and feel the energy literally buzzing in the room as we're recording. And I'm sure that that does you know come through. You can hear that in our voices. You can hear it in the energy and passion that we put into it. So I think it definitely works better with two people. And it it also keeps the um, the content a bit more lively because as, as, as Steve said, you know we have a different kind of contributors and and we do interviews and it's just really nice to have more than one voice to hold it all together and and to be a kind of red thread that goes through the whole uh, through the whole podcast i think it's a bit more kind of upbeat and and, and energetic and i think at the core of it is really the, the the kind of um the the energy or the vitality that we have between us and when you're doing things on your own you can maybe you know be a bit more focused about things or you can devote more of your kind of uh, focused individual time to things but it doesn't compare to being with somebody else because there's something special that is created when two people or more people are together and it's this special thing which I just cannot find a word for it's just this special kind of entity and energy and and, and joy which is just irreplaceable so I think doing it doing it as co-presenters is real pure joy to me oh that's brilliant I think that's a great tip as well for other people if they're thinking about starting their own podcast is to find two presenters who have some contrasting interests in some ways but also have great chemistry so there's that you know a really good conversation between them and it is very engaging to listen to that. So Mark I'd be interested in your perspective about what's happened through 2020 and how that's impacted the podcast. Obviously we heard Steve talking about the fact that the way you record the podcast has had to change and I know that you just got the podcast going and it was going brilliantly before the lockdown. What happened at the point of lockdown and why did you decide to bring the podcast back? That's right, Debbie. So obviously, we, we we launched, I believe it was December last year. Uh, that's certainly when the first one was sort of recorded. And obviously, we had a phenomenal response to the first one. I think we had about, you know, 500 people listening. Uh, we had great interaction in terms of people entering the, the, the competitions. You know, we had people listening from uh, all over the all over uh, the East Riding from the council's buildings. East Riding of Yorkshire Council, obviously, we're in charge of quite a rural setting. Uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of small towns and whatnot. So obviously, council facilities are spread out. So, you know, we had people listening to the podcast from Goole, from Bridlington, uh, from Driffield, um, and we knew they were listening because obviously they were then taking part in the competition. So that was re- that was really nice. Uh, and staff obviously really valued it. And as I say, then after the success of the first one, you know, we've managed to roll out another couple before lockdown started in March. Now, when lockdown started, like all local authorities, we obviously went into sort of crisis response mode, basically. Council services were either, you know, ceasing because of obviously COVID-19 or staff were being redirected to other services to obviously support our residents, businesses and communities. Uh, and for the corporate communications team, it was a really challenging time. We were working long hours for, for many months at the start of uh, the pandemic, trying to obviously ensure that residents, businesses and communities uh, were kept uh, informed. 
whether it was us uh, speaking through the local media, whether it was creating social media content to uh, let people know about what we were doing in response, what support was available, etc. And and that kind of took priority. So unfortunately, the podcast, uh, when we went into lockdown, was, was mothballed originally. Uh, while we dealt with the the depressing matters that COVID had, had created, obviously as the pandemic's gone along and we've moved into different phases, so we went, you know, we moved from a delay phase into the response, you know, into the actual lockdown and the response. Things started to sort of even now quiet. I wouldn't say quieten down, but it certainly in comparison to the start of the pandemic, things started to 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 return to some semblance of normality. And that's when, obviously, I sat down with Steve and with Helena, and obviously not literally, um, you know, <laughs> via the wonders of Microsoft Teams. And we had a conversation about looking to bring it back and how that would look in terms of how we would record it, how we would create content and whatnot. And obviously, Steve and Helena have been absolutely fantastic in their attitude towards it. You know, they're recording things remotely. They're coordinate content remotely. We're getting it all across to Dave Fuster and his guys at Beverly FM. And then they're putting it together for us. I think the other thing that's important throughout this is it's shown how we've had to diversify our internal communications offer Digital has really come to the forefront in the pandemic for us. For many years, our main communications channel with staff was a, a, a printed staff magazine uh, called The Grapevine, hence where the podcast name has, has come from. It's a, it's a variation on that. But obviously, when corporate communications sort of became a centralised operation, we did start to diversify that internal comms offer. So we have a really good intranet now, which is obviously plays host to the podcast. That's where it sits. And then obviously we upload it to SoundCloud, put it onto the intranet, and then link through to it from there. And then, you know, we do that via um, news blasts to staff's emails, both work and personal email addresses, if they've signed up to it. Yeah, the, the response has been to, to the first one, the, the revival podcast, as Steve called it, um, has been has been great. You know, we've had, uh, I think this morning, Steve's mentioned we'd had over 250 listens this morning. Uh, and obviously, you know, work is underway to, to record the next one. And um, we'll try and get back to uh, a, a steady routine of rolling these out again. Yeah, that's amazing. I have to say 500 listens for your first episode. That's really impressive. You know, congratulations on that. Did you deliberately put competitions into the podcast so you could assess how many people were listening? Or was that just a happy sort of byproduct of doing that? I think that was just a happy coincidence, but it is it, it was extraordinarily useful in terms of evaluation. Because as I say, with the East Riding being quite a rural setting and because of our services being spaced out across the patch and in buildings in various towns and whatnot, it was really good to see that, you know, we had um, librarians in Bridlington listening or staff at our registration services in Goole listening. So, you know, it was really good to see that, you know, people were listening, you know, from around the, the patch as well. What we didn't want this podcast to be, as I know Steve mentioned earlier, we wanted it to be quite informal. We wanted it to be quite, you know, engaging for staff. And what we didn't want it to be was maybe just something that maybe got used as a something to, to, to put corporate news out. That It's not really what it's for. It's more about that engagement. It's more about 
about the fun part of it. So, you know, listening to staff stories about things they may be getting up to outside of work or, you know, the competition side of it, events that members of staff might want to take their families to. That's really what we wanted to try and achieve with this. Yeah, brilliant. And in addition to sort of assessing who's responding to the competitions, which again, I think is a brilliant tip for anyone else starting an in-house podcast. What kind of feedback are you getting from your audience? So the feedback's been really, really positive. We're, you know, we've got, we've had emails from staff from all over the the East Riding complimenting the the the, the podcast and uh, the content coming to us with suggestions for future episodes. That's another good way of evaluating the feedback. And obviously, a lot of people are just very complimentary about Steve and Helena. And as the self-appointed executive producer that I am. I, I couldn't agree with you know our staff more. Steve and, and Helena really do make this podcast the success that it is, and their enthusiasm for it is first rate. You know, I, I, I cannot overstate just how important that is to the success of this podcast. The evidence is there for itself. You know, we're getting regular listenerships of hundreds of staff, which is very, very good. Now, obviously, our challenge, I suppose, going forward is how do we you know diversify further how do we change the podcast maybe a bit more to try and increase those numbers Um, and is it more maybe about how we you know deliver it to staff and how we communicate it with staff yeah and i guess at the moment you're saying that um staff can access the podcast either through the internet or they can listen to it on soundcloud which is available publicly and was that a conscious decision to make the podcast available so if members of the public wanted to access it they they could that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we, we we as a council want to, you know, want to be as transparent as 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 we can be. There really shouldn't be anything, I suppose, that we're communicating internally with staff that you know members of the public may want to know about or may find out about. I mean, our intranet, for instance, quite a lot of our intranet is uh, accessible to staff via their home computers, so they can log in at home, and it's you know they don't. I don't think you have to put in a login per se to, to see some of the content. Uh, and that's obviously been, you know, really important for uh, the council during this current period of emergency because we need staff to be able to be kept up to date and, and, and access information uh, and, and, and updates uh, as easily as possible. So if they, need, they want to do that from their you know, home device, then that's something that obviously we're, we're keen to support. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned earlier, there's been a, you know, a real blurring of the definition of workplaces in there over the past year and you know, digital content has really helped us to keep connected. Steve, a great compliment for you that you are part of the success of the podcast. What do you attribute the podcast success to? Well, thank you very much. Well, I think it's got a lot to do with the overall sound and feel, really. Just picking up slightly on what we were saying there about a competition. Yes, I mean, a competition is a classic radio mode of just checking who is listening and what sort of feedback you get. And obviously, in a council that runs entertainment venues and things, it's it's a gift for us because in normal times, we can give away uh, tickets to venues at Bridlington, uh, concerts at Bridlington Spa and things like that. And in the next podcast, for example, we are talking to a, a, a member of staff who is an author who's having a book published so the next competition will be when you know win a signed copy of said book which comes out later this year you know we can give away family passes to our venues and things so that's been great and it certainly does help with the feedback uh, we've had the advantage of working with beverly fm obviously i i script the jingles i sort of send them a note and say this is what i would like the jingles to say 
They have an excellent voiceover guy, Les, um, who voiced them for us. We've actually made a subtle change for the most recent podcast because the first opening uh, intro jingle uh, was perfectly all right, but it wasn't quite as lively as I wanted it. So I just went back and said, can we just try that again? Same words, but over a, a different backing track. And the latest one is a lot more upbeat, which has actually, I think, made a massive difference to the start of the, the podcast and how it sounds. So I think the sound and the feel is very important. It obviously has to be relevant and it's got to be interesting. That, that, that goes without saying and as up to date as possible. For example, the next one we've actually held back for a week so we can be as up to date as we can be about the opening, the phased reopening of County Hall. Um, so we've got um, an off the hot off the press interview next week with one of our directors about that. At the same time, though, it's got to be lively, informative. We definitely, as Mark said before, we don't want a preachy sort of corporate podcast. For me, it's got to feel like a radio show. That's the, that's the whole point of it, really. Okay, it's scripted, but it can still sound lively. And when we're doing live interviews, we still don't quite know where they're going to go. We've got the questions in front of us, but we don't necessarily know what answers we're going to get or which direction we're going to go in. And that's great. I like that. We need a bit of humor. Uh, we need some lighter items. Sometimes things are gifted to us, like, for example, in our first one, Bridlington Spa's pantomime this year starred the legend um, from Hollywood called D.D. Con, uh, who was a star of the original film version of Grease. Um, now, this is where my work life and professional life and um, hospital radio life come together. So in the course of December, I managed to interview Dee four times without actually meeting her once. But never mind. <laughs> she was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, we gave her like a two and a half minute sloth. But that was great. <laughs> And we also like to reflect sort of staff personal achievements, as we alluded to before. So we've already talked to a member of staff who's an artist and had um, work published in an open art, a uh, work available, I should say, to see in an open art in Hull, as it happens. Our soon-to-be-published author. We've talked to people who've had work published nationally. All kinds of stuff, really. And the other thing I would say is I think we also need to keep an eye on the time um, because I think much longer than 20 minutes for what we're trying to achieve is probably too long. Now, that is very, very difficult to do at the moment. We're having to obviously build it like a jigsaw and it is difficult. And because we're only doing it monthly, we can probably get away with slightly longer than that. But about 20 minutes, a competition for all the reasons we've talked about, a bit of humour and just hopefully something that's enjoyable as well as being informative. That's brilliant. That's such a great summary of how to build a successful podcast. So thank you for that. That was super. And Helena, you shared that compliment too about you know, being part of the success of the podcast. What What's really important to you about this podcast? Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I'm still blushing all over. <laughs> so uh, for me, um, one of the most important things for me, I think, is that to be able to reach out and to connect people. And we've already mentioned this kind of community aspect of the podcast. And I think that is really important to me. The, the council is so big. I think it's really important to foster a kind of feeling of belonging with the council. And because it is so big, and that's really brilliant, we have so many people to talk to. And for me, it's really important to change the way people view the council or certain jobs within the council and just show the amazing, you know, plethora and variety of different jobs that people do in the council, but also all the different personalities of people in the council. So the author that we just talked to um, for, for our last podcast, uh, he worked 
works in, in business uh, as part of the council, but he also is a writer in his free time. So to be able to bring to people uh, these stories about the work and life of their colleagues in the council that they wouldn't normally have even have the chance to, uh, to get to know, I think that's really exciting. And I'm interested in uh, showing the council and the people that work for the council in a kind of 360 degree way. So showing them as, as kind of whole, complete human beings who are professional about what they do, but also have passions outside of work. And we can bring all of that together because if you work somewhere, you're, all, you're of course, not only uh, bringing your professional aspects into work, you're bringing the whole of yourself, you know, your emotional intelligence, your social intelligence, your interactivity, uh, your whole kind of belief system and all of that. And that, that kind of complexity that you bring, I think it's really beautiful that the podcast enables us to uncover that complexity about the people that we talk to. And this amazing richness of, of, of characters and, and ideas and creativity that come from that. Uh, that is really brilliant. So really, it's my kind of desire to surprise people with the podcast, uh, because I can totally imagine somebody sitting in an office and thinking, oh, I'm not sure what this podcast is about. I'll just give it a go. And then they hear all these very different people from all very different parts of the council. They hear about events they can go to, but they also hear about what's happening in all the different parts of the council that maybe they didn't even know that those parts existed and they didn't know what kind of jobs people were doing there. So that that feeling of kind of joyous surprise that the, that the podcast is is bringing out that's really important to me and also the feeling that we really do belong to one kind of council family I know this sounds really cheesy but uh, it does come strongly to me through the podcast this feeling that you know we're talking to people who we've maybe never met even though we work for the same council but we are somehow connected by by where we live by our passion for our work by wanting to contribute to the you know happy lives of people in our area and and all all of that connects us and being able to communicate that that feeling of community and belonging and, and, and sharing is really that's what one of the things that drives me. That's an amazing answer. Thank you. And I really love that focus on the individual and being able to bring a whole person's personality to life uh, through a podcast. And it is one of the real great gifts of audio, isn't it, that you can allow people to represent themselves fully, give them the time to allow that wholeness of themselves to come across. Perfect. So, Mark, what are your aspirations for the podcast going forwards? My aspirations short term are obviously now that we've got the first uh, episode back out of the way is to get back to a sort of a, a, a normalish schedule and, and, and use this uh, channel as uh, another way of communicating with our staff. Long term, I, I would like to see us obviously continue to innovate with it, um, you know, whether that be with content, whether that be with how we promote the podcast to uh, our staff. Uh, as I say, you know, we've got quite a few digital channels now at the authority where we can get um, up-to-date information to staff, you know, very quickly, you know, whether via the intranet or whether it's via the gov delivery system we use to uh, get uh, emails out to staff, you know, on their home devices or whatever. And as I say, the other thing I want to do, you know, long-term is continue to integrate the podcast within our internal communications offer. We've got an, a really good intranet at the authority. You know, we've got, as I say, the good delivery system now that we use to for, for email news out. We've got the podcast. We still do have the staff magazine, The Grapevine, which although we had to reduce the number of pages, we have carried on 
um, delivering throughout the pandemic. Predominantly, that has been via pages on the internet rather than print copies, because obviously staff are working remotely. Uh, so I suspect that will continue as well. But as I say, I'd really like to integrate stories. I'd like to see stories that are appearing on the podcast, maybe appearing in the magazine or, you know, appearing separately on the internet or whatever, so that we can, you know, really, really get those messages out there to, to, to staff. Yeah, I love that idea of seeing, you know, the same messages reflected across the different channels, but, you know, maybe in a way that takes advantage of those channels specifically. Yeah. I think any communicator who's listened to this conversation is now going to be buzzing about the potential of podcasts. So I'd really love to know from each of you, what would be your top tip for anyone who's new to podcasting and who thinks they'd like to give it a try? I've got two or three, if I can slightly cheat, if that's all right. One of which has just occurred to me now. And the first top tip would be get your top management involved, because I think we should reflect the fact that out of our five or six podcasts so far, we've had our chief executive on twice. And she's been absolutely wonderful on it. And I, I think I can safely say she's enjoyed it. And the most recent one, I literally asked her if she would record something from home. So the chief exec of the council actually sent us a five minute piece recorded live at her dining room table and she was perfect she was brilliant it was exactly the right tone thanks the staff for everything they've done during the pandemic and all the rest of it absolutely brilliant if you can get your top management on board that's obviously going to help my second one would be don't be afraid of the podcast give it a go I don't mind admitting that once I'd been badgering Mark for ages to do this, and then we agreed we would do it, I then had a, a week thinking, Steve, what have you just done? How is this going to work? How can we possibly make this happen? But then you, you kind of have a light bulb moment and you think, yes, just a minute, we can do this. And I'm so, so glad we did, which hopefully has come across in this today. Yeah, don't be afraid. Give it a go. And my third and final tip would be, and this is probably the most important one, really, just be really clear about who your audience is. Now, I know we're talking about internal communications, and that might sound a bit crass because we're talking about staff. But what do staff actually want to hear? And bearing in mind, you probably in any organization, certainly a large organization, got an enormous range of people doing an enormous range of jobs. I know we certainly have, obviously, in a council. What, what is it they might want to hear? Try to pitch it accordingly. So get the tone right as well. That's the absolutely essential thing. As we said before, you're not preaching. You're trying to engage with them. So it doesn't just have to be news about what's coming up, although that's obviously an important role of a podcast. It's the personalities. It's the what can the staff get out of it? Um, engage them with a competition if you can. Something like that. Just remember all the time, as I would on the radio, I think of one person. When I was doing Stray FM, I used to think of somebody ironing in in the dining room on a Saturday morning. Um, it's, it's the same sort of approach, really. Just think of one individual listening. That's what I guess you should do. What do they want to hear, no matter what their job is within the organisation? How will they respond to it and try to pitch it accordingly? That's brilliant advice. Thank <laughs> you. So, Helena, have you got any tips that you'd like to add to that? Yes, yes, I do. And first of all, I have to say, I really loved what Steve said about, you know, getting top management involved and how wonderful it is that our council is supporting us uh, with doing it. I think we've come to the epiphany that we are actually the, the first council that is doing that kind of podcast, if I'm not wrong. And that is absolutely mind blowing. You know, what an honour and joy to be part of that and how wonderful of our council to be supporting us to do this. So this is really cool. So my first tip is passion. Uh, so do it with, with all your passion. Uh, do it with all your love because if you love it and, and you have passion about it, it 
can't go wrong. You can make mistakes, but the whole thing can't go wrong. And my other tip is get a great dream team uh, to do it with you. So I'm really blessed to be part of such dream team with, with Steve and Mark. And I think this is the most important thing because uh, you know how life is. It's got ups and downs, professional and personal life as well. And you you have a dream team like I do. They will be there with you through whatever happens. And that will also feed into all the work you do. So passion, love for what you do and a dream team. That's what I would advise you to have. <laughs> Those are three tips for life, let alone podcasting. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Mark, how about you? Are there any tips left that you could share with us? There is there's two from me. Firstly, um, I would recommend anybody who's considering creating a podcast to actually listen to this podcast, Be a Bigger Fish, because that's how I kind of came up with some of the ideas and, 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 and some of the lessons learned before we even launched this podcast. I would thoroughly recommend um, people, you know, li- listen to back copies of this and listen for ideas and, and really learn from what other internal communicators uh, have to offer in terms of podcasting uh, as a channel for communicating with with, with workforces. And secondly, this is just to sort of elaborate a bit more on one of Steve's points um, and it's basically to trust your instincts and don't be afraid to keep sort of iterating your product as you're going along. I believe that our first podcast was was absolutely flawless and and, and, and perfect and I loved it and it was the culmination of you know many uh, hours of conversation between myself, Steve and Helena. So when we actually listened to it and we saw it out there and people were listening to it and interacting with it and messaging us and saying how much they were enjoying it, you know, that was really rewarding. But as Steve kind of pointed out earlier, even with things like jingles, for instance, it was just keep changing it. Don't be afraid to, to change the product as you go along, because that's how you're going to keep uh, engaging with audiences and, you know, interacting with even more people in your audience. So that's kind of what I would advise people to, 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 to do as well. Well, Mark, thank you. I'm really honoured by your first tip. Thank you very much. And it's delightful to know that that this podcast series has helped you with your amazing podcast series. So that's made me really happy. Thank you. And I think your second tip is great too. And it's actually something I'm thinking about too. So, you know, as podcasters, as you go down the road, there's so much uh, more that you can do and just adapt and tweak and listen to your audience and, you know, go with the flow with them as well. So it really is a very flexible medium, isn't it, that you can improve as you go along. So Yeah, I think that's super. Amazing. Well, this conversation has been fantastic. I feel re-energised in my enthusiasm for podcasts after talking to you guys. It's been brilliant. I can't thank you enough for sharing your expertise and all of your tips and advice. It's been fabulous. Thank you. This was really uplifting. Thank you so much. That's brilliant. Thank you. See you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. I just want to say a huge thank you to Helena, to Steve and to Mark. What an amazing episode and there was so much really interesting advice and great experience that they shared in that that I I truly hope you found something in there that's helpful for you. If you're feeling inspired to start your own podcast, then please feel welcome to dip into the back episodes of Be A Bigger Fish. I've been very lucky in speaking to lots of podcasters in all sorts of industries and walks of life. So I'm sure there's an episode in there somewhere that will really help you at this point in time. 
I'm sincerely grateful to you for listening. And thanks so much for everybody who pops something on Twitter or Instagram or says something encouraging about the podcast. Honestly, those words really do go a long way. So thank you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Debbie Aurelius or on Instagram as PeppermintFishC. I'm always happy to receive your DMs or your comments on my posts, so please feel welcome to join the conversation about the podcast. I'm looking forward to bringing you some more episodes in the coming weeks, but until then, stay well, keep safe, and I'll see you soon. Bye.